smear socialist he's a millionaire. He's worth two hundred million dollars. Maniac capitalist. We don't like Donald Trump. He's a racist. That's going to get in your face with his five golden watches. Tool me- megalomaniac. To tell you the truth about what's going to help people. I kind of don't people. want you to be bought. That's a red flag. Now that's not I am on board for Medicare. That's for current all. defense spending. That's what we're spending on our that's military. That's America, invented by the right wing. It's the liberal bull show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Liberal Bull Show. That's right, welcome to the second edition of the Liberal Bull Show podcast. That's right, we're back. Um, I Just before we get into today's show, I'd just like to remind everybody that if you would like to follow the show, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, you can go to YouTube on the Liberal Bull channel to follow the Liberal Bull Show, and if you would just like to follow me on social media, you can go to Twitter, I am Liam the Bull, that's at Liam the Bull. Um, And then on Instagram, I am also Liam the Bull, if you would like to follow me there. Um, So today's show, we're going to get straight into it. Um, We've got some interesting news regarding the 2020 elections, some new 2020 election news in the Democratic primary. Um, So this is kind of like the past two weeks. Um, First of all, Michael Bloomberg, the billionaire and former mayor of New York is entering the 2020 race. And, um, well, we'll get into how this affects the race later on, but we'll just talk about Michael Bloomberg to begin with. Um, here's the important thing that you want to understand about Michael Bloomberg. Okay. He was, um, mayor of the city of New York. And during his time as mayor, uh, he did a lot of horrible things, but the one that sticks out to me is he supported stop and frisk, um, <laughs> which is a very racist policy by nature. So, and keep in mind that Michael Bloomberg was a Republican. Okay, so here you have somebody who's entering the Democratic race who's comfortable enough with the Democratic Party to enter as a Democrat, even though he was a Republican. That's Michael Bloomberg. So he's entering the race, running as a centrist. Um, and interestingly enough, Michael Bloomberg has decided that he is not going to participate in the early elections. He's not going to participate in Iowa or New Hampshire, the two biggest uh, early primary states, which is kind of interesting, but you know, whatever. Um, and pretty much, you know, here's a billionaire who's decided to jump in the race, and he can pretty much buy votes. And that's, you know, again, I don't, I don't really want a billionaire to be my president. I don't really want somebody who has spent his entire life around the corporate world, to be my president. You know, people say we need a businessman as our president. Well, look how that turned out. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I don't want a corporatist running my country, and that's who Michael Bloomberg is. Um, do, do, you think, do you think Michael Bloomberg understands what an average working-class person goes through? Do you think he understands the—do you think he has empathy for the half of Americans that are poor or low-income? No, it's again. It's this. This, this is a billionaire who's been a billionaire for a very long time, and he's running for president. I, I just again, he can run. I have. I there's there's. He, you know what? If idiots like him want to jump in the race, go ahead. Um, so that's Michael Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg has announced that he's running, um, in for president in 2020 as a Democrat, which is good. You know, again, I don't necessarily want him to run as an independent because. <clears throat> Were the nominee, the Democratic nominee, to be a progressive, um, Michael Bloomberg running as an independent would definitely hurt that candidate. So it's good that he's running 
in the Democratic primary. Obviously, there's, in my opinion, there's no way he's winning the nomination. He's got virtually nothing going for him other than, I don't know, he's a better moderate than Joe Biden. Like, what, what, what do you, what, 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 that's, that's a pretty low bar. Um, so that's Michael Bloomberg. He has entered the race. Um, now, another one here, we've got Deval Patrick, the former governor of Massachusetts, who entered the race. Now, Deval Patrick is, again, um, former governor of Massachusetts, and almost, I have just about zero to say about him. Um, it is interesting, though. You know, this week we had a poll done by YouGov that showed that Bernie Sanders is polling number one nationwide in the Democratic primary. Uh, that was a YouGov poll from this past week. And what was interesting is at the same time that Joe Biden went down by three points, uh, guess who went up by three points from nothing? Michael Bloomberg. So, again, if people like Deval Patrick, Michael Bloomberg, all these crazy people, if they want to jump in the presidential race, go right ahead. All they're doing, in my mind, is taking support away from Joe Biden, and I view that as a good thing because, again... Joe Biden is a horrible candidate, and I, I've said this before on my YouTube show, and I'll say it again. If it comes down to Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, I cannot support Joe Biden. I just can't do it. I just, there, there's, there's no way that somebody like me, a progressive, is going to surrender everything to somebody like Joe Biden. And even just from, from you know, a standpoint of, his past, some of the things that he said, no, I'm not supporting Joe Biden. That's the thing. You know, you look at Bernie Sanders. He has a 100% clean record. Everything that he has done, said, he justifies, and it is, it, it, you know, is completely innocent, his record. Look at somebody like Joe Biden. Voted for the crime bill. Voted for the Iraq war. Real, you know, voted, tried to get the Bush tax cuts permanent. Worked with Mitch McConnell to do that. Yeah, I don't want that man to be my president. So I've said that before. Um, and same thing with Bloomberg. If Bloomberg's the nominee, I, there's, I'm not supporting him. He, he's a right-winger, and I'm not supporting a right-winger, okay? I'm a progressive. I will support a progressive. I will seriously look to the Green Party if Joe Biden is the nominee, if Michael Bloomberg is the nominee. If, if one of these corporatists becomes a Democratic nominee, I have no—I have, you know, I, I'm done surrendering my values. You earn my vote. You don't own it. I am a liberal, yes, but you earn my vote, okay, as a liberal. I'm not just going to vote for you because, oh, lesser of two evils. No, lesser of two evils is how we got Donald Trump. And we'll get him again, but guess what? I I'm done. I'm done. I'm not supporting any—any any blue doesn't do for me. I don't want you to be bought, and I want you to be for the people. So that's where I draw the line. You know, I'm, I'm done supporting any any old Democrat. Hillary Clinton was a horrible candidate. I would have never have supported Hillary Clinton. And I'm not supporting Joe Biden. I have my morals. I have my values. And these candidates are horrible. Absolutely horrible. And I, I will not support them. So that that's that's what happened in the 2020 race. Again, the YouGov poll, Bernie Sanders polling at number one. So Bernie Sanders has had a very good past month or two. He's gotten a lot of endorsements. You know, Michael Moore endorsed him. AOC endorsed him. Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, they all endorsed Bernie Sanders. Uh, he's riding that wave of endorsements. He's doing very well for himself, and it's, it's, it's great. You know, it's uh, Bernie's doing very well right now. 
Um, also, just to point out some other polling data and some other areas that he's doing pretty well, Iowa, there was another YouGov poll that was done in Iowa where Bernie was uh, in first place in Iowa. Um, Iowa's looking very competitive for Bernie Sanders as well as New Hampshire. Um, which brings me, I guess I, I wanted to kind of, you know, segue into, with going along with the 2020 race, uh, Pete Buttigieg. Because there's a lot of talk recently that Pete Buttigieg, you know, he there's one poll that showed him number one in Iowa. Uh, by the way, this is not, YouGov poll is not the only one that showed Bernie number one in Iowa. There's a lot of polls, but this is kind of a bigger name in polling. Uh, but there was one poll that showed Pete Buttigieg in number one in the Iowa caucus. And, of course, the mainstream media just flips out and says, oh, my gosh, he's the front runner in Iowa. And it's just incredible to me how much the mainstream media corralled around Pete Buttigieg. I mean, you know, I saw I saw more on Morning Joe the other day. Joe Scarborough said, what are you going to criticize him on, because he's too nice? And it's like, come on. I mean, really, the mainstream media, they, 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 they do nothing but impugn Bernie Sanders, attack him, but you're not going to go after Pete Buttigieg? Look at the, 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 the mayor scandal with the police department in South Bend. I mean, that certainly bothers me, the fact that uh, he doesn't support Medicare for all. This, these are things that the media should be criticizing Pete Buttigieg on. I, you know, I'd, I'd like somebody to show me any instance in which the mainstream media within these past couple months has criticized Pete Buttigieg. They just have not. They've, done, they've, they've put him on a pedestal, and they, all they've done is rip Bernie Sanders. Oh, he's old. He's in bad health. Guess what? So is our incumbent president. He's the same age as Joe Biden. You know, at least at least when Bernie Sanders opens his mouth, he doesn't put his foot in it. He knows what he's talking about, and he can land a point. You could wake Bernie Sanders up out of a sound sleep, and he could tell you his message. Do that to Joe Biden. Do it to Pete Buttigieg. I'd like to see Pete Buttigieg give something more than a memorized response for once. And I'm not supporting, again, Pete Buttigieg is another one. I'm not supporting him. You think I'm going to support him? He's a corporatist. He's he's the only one in the, in the front runners that's taking corporate money. He's taking corporate money. His, his top donors are Comcast. Um, let's see here. I, I have some of his donors. Open Secrets has a really great list of donors. Um, Alphabet, Google, Google's giving him money. It's like no, I don't. They, they, if if a company, um, Exxon Mobil, if if, if if a company donates to you, are you going to be more in line with the corporate view or the people's view? The corporate view, of course. And that's Pete Buttigieg. I'm not supporting Pete Buttigieg. And uh, another thing is he talks about how he has all this experience. And again, experience means very little to me. If you're a good candidate, I support you. Um, but you don't just go from mayor to being president. The only way that you go, you jump like that is if the mainstream media uh, surrounds you with fluff like they've been doing with Pete Buttigieg. Uh, so I just want to get that out of the race because that's that's really I mean with the 2020 candidates, as far as the front runners right now, um, I've said this before on my YouTube show, but I'll mention it here. Number one for me, my number one endorsement is Bernie Sanders. I am supporting Bernie Sanders for 2020. He's my number one pick. He's solid, good candidate, and I love Bernie Sanders. Uh, my number two pick is probably Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, I really like Tulsi Gabbard's foreign policy. I think she's an absolutely strong candidate. She's a fighter. She supports, you know, she's a progressive. She supports Medicare for all. Her her stance on non-interventionism abroad is fantastic. Um, and all the mainstream media does is smear her. Now, we covered that on the last show where Hillary Clinton thought she was going to be sneaky and clever and tried to, 
you know, call Tulsi Gabbard a Russian bot, but that did nothing but turn around and backfire on her, thankfully. Um, because, you know, Hillary Clinton's a menace. She, you know, her, her whole way of, of getting new political career was, you know, advancing her political career was going and smearing uh, somebody like Tulsi Gabbard. So, you know, I have absolutely no sympathy for Hillary Clinton, the Clintons in general. Um, and I don't, I don't want them negotiating political discourse. That's not something I want from the Clintons. Um, so moving on, um, as far as my endorsements, Bernie Sanders, of course, I, you know, I, I've always supported Bernie Sanders and I will continue to support Bernie Sanders as my number one candidate. Number two, Tulsi Gabbard. I love Tulsi Gabbard. She's got a really great foreign policy. She's a woman. She's a woman of color. She's also extraordinary. You know, her, her, again, I, I cannot stress this enough as far as foreign policy. Nobody has been pushing as hard on foreign policy as Tulsi Gabbard. So it's, it's just tremendous to see somebody like Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, she's been doing fairly well recently, considering that she's, you know, um, not the best known. So it's, you know, she's been doing pretty well. Um, number three, I don't know, I, you know, after, after the top two, it gets a little wishy-washy for me. I mean, I like Andrew Yang. He has some very great policy uh, proposals. He's educated. The way that he talks about things is fantastic. You know, he's, he's got great ideas. But, again, I don't know if I want a businessman to be my president. I, that's, that's just, again, I, I, I think I'm, I'm off of that train for now. And, again, it does, I will support a candidate if they're a good candidate. Andrew Yang's a pretty good candidate. Um, so Yang's probably my third pick. And then fourth, my compromise candidate. Uh, I, I'd compromise on um, Elizabeth Warren. You know, I like Elizabeth Warren. Um, I liked her before she announced she was running for president. But, uh, and, and she's she's all around. She's a progressive. Her economic policy is good. Uh, but recently she's been backpedaling on Medicare for All. And some of the things that she said, you know, she was pressed. She said, uh, a reporter asked her, you know, if you were if you were president, would you allow your son to sit on the board of a foreign energy company? And she and she she immediately said no. And then she said, well, I don't know. I'd have to check on that. And it's like, that's n- no, Warren. No, come on. That's a pretty. How about? Uh, no, I wouldn't allow that. And then just end of conversation. Like and, and the response that she gave after that was like is horrible. No, that that should not be allowed. Uh, of course, that is referring to Joe Biden, uh, because his son did do that, Hunter Biden. Um, so Warren would be my compromise candidate. Um, it's just right now, I mean, Warren is doing very well nationwide. She jumped in the polls, I think, probably by the largest margin so far. Um, but at the same time, she's made a lot of mistakes. Uh, she has made a lot of mistakes recently, and she's kind of drifted toward the center of the democratic field. And that's just a little, you know, that that's unacceptable to me. I'm a progressive and I, I embody progressive values. I don't necessarily want somebody like Elizabeth Warren. If she's nominated, she's going to be like Barack Obama. She, you know, she has this progressive policy and then she immediately goes and turns around on us. That's not really what I want. Um, So that's my views on the 2020 election right now. We'll be back after this short break.
Hey, it's Liberal Bull here. I just want to remind everybody that I'd like to start to do a question and answer period here on the show. So if you have any questions, please email them to me at my email, which is liberalbullshow at gmail.com. You can also tweet me at Twitter, which of course is at Liam the Bull. And you can also leave a comment on Instagram, which is of course Liam the Bull again. So thank you all for listening. Okay, we're back with some more Liberal Bull Show. This is kind of the second half of the show. Um, So some more topics that I want to get back to um, that I have planned for later. But before we get into that, um, I just checked Twitter, as I normally do. Um, You know, sometimes I'll just be scrolling through Twitter. Um, Which, by the way, you know, most people, they're like constantly looking at social media. Uh, That's not me. I just check in whenever I have time. So, you know, there might be like a a week absence uh, until I tweet anything or look at Twitter. Uh, But anyway, um, so Bernie Sanders recently uh, just passed 4 million donations. His campaign passed 4 million individual donations, which is the most in the current Democratic field. He is the quickest person in history uh, of political campaigns here in the United States to reach 4 million donors. And get this, he is the only candidate who has more individual donors than Donald Trump. That is incredible. That's how you build a grassroots movement, and that's how you defeat Donald Trump. I mean, that's incredible. Four million individual people contributed to Bernie Sanders because they believed in him. I mean, nobody comes even close to that. So, hats off to Bernie Sanders. You go. He is extraordinarily strong right now. So that's just a little blimp of Bernie Sanders news. Um, But some more news that happened within this past week. First of all, there was the Louisiana governor's race, right? So the last, uh, this this past weekend, um, there was the governor's race in Louisiana. And that was was an interesting race because uh, Louisianans got to pick between a Republican and a Republican, right? I mean, uh, there was a, a Republican running in that race and there was a Democrat. But... The catch is the Democrat was really a Republican. Um, so if you didn't see, uh, Louisianans were voting to reelect their governor, and John Bell Edwards, the incumbent uh, Democrat, who was a you know he, he's the incumbent, he was their governor. Uh, he ran for reelection and was reelected, which is is kind of interesting. You know, people say, oh, does that mean? Oh, look, a Democrat won in Louisiana. No. That's not really what happened. A Democrat did not win in Louisiana. Uh, really, it was a Republican. I mean, John Bell Edwards is pro-choice. Uh, he's, uh, or um, yeah, not, it's not pro-choice. He's pro-life. Uh, he's very uh, socially conservative, fiscally. He, you know, uh, he did expand Medicare in the state, but I mean, there's he's he's very conservative on a slew of other issues, and you know, I mean, maybe that's what it takes to be a Democrat in the Deep South. But it's just, it's, you know, even still, John Bell Edwards, no bueno. Uh, No bueno at all. So that happened. He won by a very slim margin. I believe he won 51% of the vote, somewhere thereabouts. Um, I followed the race. Actually, if you followed me on uh, Instagram, I did put out a little video uh, detailing um, that race as it unfolded, and it was pretty interesting. It seemed like a pretty close race until the end, you know, as, as the results came in, uh, it was declared that John Bell Edwards had won that race, uh, so that's just kind of interesting news. Um, you know, 
I think this is this is unlike Kentucky. You know, this was Louisiana. He was an incumbent. Yes, he's a Democrat, but he's a very conservative or a very conservative Democrat. So he was reelected with Kentucky. Um, you know, Andy Bashir, that was a different race. So I do think that Kentucky was more telling than, say, Louisiana. Um, so some other news here. This is something that I just wanted to touch on. Um, Susan Collins uh, is, you know, the Republican senator from Maine, right? Now, Maine, if you don't know, Maine is a pretty blue state. Um, it's voted for Democrats ever since uh, 1988. Um, just in 2016, it's second congressional district. Uh, as if you don't know, Maine also they split their congressional district, they split their electoral votes based on congressional districts in presidential elections. Donald Trump did win one of their electoral votes, but overall, Maine is a fairly blue state. Now. Susan Collins is a Republican from that state, right? She is a, a re, one of the Republican senators uh, from that state. And what's interesting is Susan Collins right now is one of the least approved senators in the country. Um, so they have one of the, the least approved senators. Now, Maine's other senator, you know, each state gets two senators. Maine's other senator, um, Angus King who is an independent, right? He is not, he, he's not a Democrat, he's not a Republican, he's an independent. He's one of two independents in the Senate. Uh, the other one, of course, is Bernie Sanders. Um, Angus King is the second most popular senator in the country. Take a guess at who the number one most popular senator in the country is. That's right, Bernie Sanders. But anyway, so it's interesting, Maine has one of the least popular and also one of the most popular senators. Um, so Susan Collins, again, senator from Maine, um, but recently, you know, she's a Republican, and you know, she was a she's she's actually a pretty popular senator until recently, you know. But before Donald Trump, Susan Collins painted herself as a liberal Republican, right? Hey, I'm socially liberal, fiscally conservative. That was her message. That's what she pushed. However, when Donald Trump got elected, things started to go south. Now, Susan Susan Collins said, "Hey, look, I will not vote for a Supreme Court justice who is hostile." towards Roe v. Wade, abortion. And guess what she did? Well, she voted for Gorsuch and she voted for Kavanaugh, who both have showed hostility toward Roe v. Wade. So, you know, that was... I That was a bit of a lie, wasn't it? <laughs> so that's Susan Collins. Um, but then recently, you know, here's the thing that you need to remember about Susan Collins. She's up for re-election in 2020. Her Senate seat will be holding an election in 2020. So... It's it's interesting to me that she just recently, you know, uh, she's been making more of that liberal bend again. You know, she got in Trump's bandwagon, and uh-oh, she's up for re-election in a blue state, so she's been moving uh, to the left again. So what has Susan Collins done recently that moved her further left? Well, um, just last week, uh, Susan Collins, this is an article in the Washington Post, um, she opposed Sarah Pitlick who that was President Trump's nominee to become the federal judge for the Eastern District of Missouri. Uh, and her, her big quote here was, her lack of trial experience would make it difficult for her to transition to a district court judgeship. Uh, that's what Collins said. So, you know, it's interesting. Susan Collins has a very strong voting record with Donald Trump. But recently, because she's up for re-election in 2020 and her seat is very competitive, she says, uh-oh, I've got to be, you know, I've got to 
incorporate more of a liberal bend. So now, you know, this is just one instance, but she has been pushing more toward the liberal side of things. Um, you know, again, she's a snake oil salesman, right? She's a regular politician. She just, you know, puts her thumb in the air and sees which way the wind is blowing and whatever benefits her. So that's Susan Collins. Um, but this isn't, you know, this is just one example of, of, of a slew of different people that are up for re-election in 2020. You got Susan Collins. You got people like Cory Gardner. You know, I think that Donald Trump, he may have the the Republicans may have done well in the 2018 midterm elections in the Senate. But if you look at the seats that were up for re-election, Republicans weren't defending a lot of seats. In 2020, if you look at the Senate elections that are taking place, there's a lot of Republican incumbents in purple and blue states that are up for re-election. So, you know, with Donald Trump being as unpopular as he is in these different states, uh, it's pretty telling. And if you look at a lot of these Republicans, and especially coming up with impeachment, that was the other big news last week, was the impeachment inquiry. Um, you know, things are not looking good for Republicans in the Senate. Uh, and take into account uh, Democrats' recent victories in Virginia, Kentucky, Louisiana. Uh, again, things are not really looking great uh, for Republicans. Um, and I guess I did mention the impeachment hearings last week. Uh, I did watch... Uh, portions of the impeachment proceedings, uh, look, it's, you know, with, with hearings like that, I, it's, it's just incredibly, I think it's, it's a waste of time, you know, I mean, why, why would I, first of all, impeaching Trump for precedent's sake, I think is the right thing to do, but the way that the Democrats have held, handled impeachment so far have just been unbelievably horrible, you know, if, I, I said this, when I said this about impeachment a while ago, but I said if they're gonna if they, if Nancy Pelosi decides to go through with impeachment in the House, she better not screw this up. And what do you know? She did already. Um, you know, Republicans have been able to spin this. They've been able to spin it very well. Uh, and Nancy Pelosi has remained to be very feckless and weak in the House. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what comes out. Again, I, I as far as my official stance on impeachment. Of course, I need more information, right? I think before the households vote, uh, I should have formulated my own opinion. But right now, it's very difficult to say. Um, do I think Trump should be impeached just for his you know, breach of precedence? Yes. But the way the Democrats are handling this right now and the offenses that they have are just, again, it's, it's horrible. I mean, they're trying to get them on regular corruption issues. And, and, and when I say this around other lefties, they often get upset with me. And it's like, no, yes, I'm a liberal. But I, I have common sense, and I still think impeachment, um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in impeachment, but we need to handle this in the correct way, and it has not been handled correctly uh, so far. Also, uh, Jim Jordans, the Republican uh, congressional representative from Ohio, um, I did see a couple clips where he was just being incredibly obnoxious during the impeachment hearings. Uh, by the way, he's up for re-election in 2020. Um, his seat's pretty safe Republican district, but let's hope that we get him out of there. Um, one more thing. I, I mentioned Susan Collins earlier. This is just something new, new that I got in here. Um, there is a candidate, uh, for the Democratic nomination in Maine who will go up against Susan Collins. Uh, there is an individual running for Senate against Susan Collins. Her name is Betsy Sweet, and she's running again for Senate in Maine against Susan Collins. Uh, I definitely recommend that you check out... 
Betsy Sweet. You can just it's BetsySweet.com. Um, and she's a progressive. She supports the Green New Deal, Medicare for All. She's big on you know education, anti-corruption, human rights. So I definitely recommend that you check her out. Donate to her campaign if you can. Um, but this is you know she's a very good candidate to go up against somebody like uh, Susan uh, Collins. So the last thing I'd like to get to today is going to be a recent stance um, from a candidate in the 2020 race. Um, so Joe Biden, uh, we all love Joe Biden, right? He's just, you know, he's a great politician. <laughs> no, but Joe Biden uh, recently said that he does not support legalization of recreational marijuana because he thinks it's a gateway drug, um, which is just incredible to me. And you've, you've got a field of all these Democrats who support legalizing uh, recreational marijuana. And here you have the, the, the lone uh, outside, outlier, uh, Joe Biden. Of course, he does not support this. And it does not surprise me. I mean, you look at Joe Biden, uh, it's very telling that he wouldn't support this. And mainly because he's in bed with the pharmaceutical companies. But also, you know, it's just it's incredible to me. That, you know, here, here's, here's some statistics. In the United States, somebody gets arrested for marijuana every 42 seconds. So every 42 seconds, somebody gets arrested for marijuana. That, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> that's just absolutely incredible. Um, you know, it's like we're the freest country in the world, right? But somebody gets arrested every 42 seconds for marijuana. No, that's, that's, that's not the freest country in the world, okay? That's called living in a police state. I mean, that's when we have numbers that high, that's what that is. Um, we have 5% of the world's population, but 25% of the world's prison population. We incarcerate more people per capita than any other country on the planet. Majority of which are in there for drug offenses. And get this, majority of people in prison are minorities. Huh. Isn't that interesting? So, again, we call ourselves the freest country in the world, yet we're locking people up for petty drug offenses at record numbers. Isn't that ironic? Uh, I mean, just it's just incredible. And, of course, Joe Biden, your average corrupt politician, doesn't want to change that. He's for status quo. As a matter of fact, Joe Biden voted for the crime bill in the 90s, which privatized prisons, which helped lead to this. So that's Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen, and that's some of the things that he supports. Um, so I just wanted to get that out of the way and, again, bring you the truth on Joe Biden. So that's going to do it, ladies and gentlemen, for this week's edition of the Liberal Bull Show. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, this is a bit of a shorter episode, but I'm kind of busy this week. I hope you don't mind. Um, so, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all enjoyed this week's edition of the Liberal Bull Show. If you did, please be sure to follow the podcast, follow me on social media if you would like. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, I will see everybody later.